In this recording, we're going to discuss the issue of schar halicha, whether going to do a mitzvah constitutes in itself a form of a mitzvah, and one gets rewarded for the act of going to do the mitzvah. So for example, let's say someone is able to study Torah in their house, or they could study in a shul or a yeshiva, and they choose to walk to the shul or the yeshiva. Do they get reward for the travel time for going to the shul and the yeshiva in order to be able to do a mitzvah? So the Gemara in Sotach of Bezim et Aleph tells a story that there was a certain widow who lived in a different neighborhood from Rabbi Yochanan, but still every day she would walk to Rabbi Yochanan's shul in order to be able to daven. So basically she was walking much further than she needed to because she could have davened locally in one of the shuls in her own neighborhood. So Rabbi Yochanan asked her, don't you have a shul in your own neighborhood? In other words, why are you coming to my shul, which is much further and you don't daven locally? So she answered him, I get a reward for walking to the shul. So if I would daven locally, I would only get the reward for the davening, but since I walk further to come to Rabbi Yochanan's shul, I get reward not only for the davening, but for the walking as well. So this Gemara seems to imply that the travel time, getting somewhere in order to do a mitzvah, is part of the overall mitzvah, and there's schar halicha, there's reward for walking to do the mitzvah. Now, the Gemara in Bometzia, Kufzayin Amad Aleph, says that this is actually a debate. So even though this is Rabbi Yochanan's view, but Rav disagrees, because Rav interprets the Pasuk, Baruch ba'ir, that you'll be blessed in the city, so Rav interprets that the mean that your house will be next to a shul. So according to Rav, having a shul right near your house that it's easy access to get to, that's a blessing, even though you don't have to walk very far. So when Rabbi Yochanan heard that, he said, Lo amar hachi. He said, don't say that. Rather, what does it mean to be blessed in the city that you'll have a bathroom, an outhouse near your table? So you'll have easy access to an outhouse. So Rav and Rabbi Yochanan have a debate. According to Rav, the blessing the Torah is referring to is having a shul within easy, close access. Access. According to Rabbi Yochanan, it refers to an outhouse. And the Gemara explains that this is Rabbi Yochanan's old view that having a shul nearby is not such a great blessing because then one misses out on schar psia, on schar halicha. So having a shul at a further distance is almost better because then one has to walk to it and they get the reward for walking to it. So there seems to be a debate between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan over this issue. According to Rav, there is no schar halicha, so it's better to have a shul right nearby. Whereas according to Rabbi Yochanan, there is schar halicha, so it's better to have a shul in further distance to get more reward. Now, the Magan Avram in Simen Tzadi, Sifkan Chav Beis, records the view of Rabbi Yochanan, that if there's two shuls in one's neighborhood, mitzvah lelech la de schar It's better to go to the further shul, because then you get more reward for walking there. So the halacha seems to follow Rabbi Yochanan's viewpoint. Now, Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt in the Rivos Ephraim Chelek so first he questions, why is the Magan Avram the only major posik quoting this halacha? Why isn't it mentioned in the Shulchan Aruch or the other major works of halacha? And he quotes that Rab Elia Rogler and the Yad Eliyahu questions this. So Rab Chaim Kanievsky wrote him an answer that the reason the other poskim don't quote it is because it's not an actual obligation. It's a svara ve'etza tova. It's a good idea to do. It's a nice thing to do, but it's not an obligation to go to a further so that's why they don't quote it. But Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky says that this 
this is obviously the case because we have a principle, lefum tsara agra, according to the effort is the reward. So obviously if someone makes more effort to get to shul, they're going to get a greater reward. Second, he raises another issue, which is obviously in the Gemara's discussion, they're talking about someone who walks on their feet to a further shul. Would this same idea apply to someone who travels in a car? So he quotes that Rab Sriya Deblitsky wrote him that it does seem like this same idea would apply to a car. That someone who's riding is as if they're walking. So according to this view, even though the Gemara only mentioned it with regards to walking, the same would apply in our days if someone drives further to Shul. Now, there is another issue here, and that is the question, does this idea, which the Gemara only mentions in regards to walking to Shul, to Davin, does this apply to all mitzvahs? So for example, is it a better mitzvah to go to a further store to buy kosher food than to go to a closer store? Or is it a bigger mitzvah to walk further in order to give tzedakah rather than giving it closer? So does this idea apply to all mitzvahs? Or for some reason, does it only apply to going to shul? So as we'll see, there's some debate over this issue. Some commentators do assume that this idea applies to all mitzvahs. So for example, Rabbeinu Bechaye in his commentary on the Torah at the beginning of Parshas Ekev, so the word Ekev literally means a heel. So it refers to mitzvahs of the heel. So one of his explanations is, It's referring to mitzvahs which require travel time. Which are themselves a mitzvah. Like going to a shul or a yeshiva. To go visit the sick, to go to a funeral, or to go pay a shiva visit. All of these mitzvahs involve travel time, so they have tremendous reward. So Rabbeinu Bachaye clearly includes in this category other mitzvahs in addition to going to shul, like visiting the sick, going to a funeral, or paying a shiva visit. So he seems to indicate that this idea applies more broadly than just the mitzvah of traveling to Shul. Now, the Vilna Gaon also includes the mitzvah of Bikor Cholim as one of the mitzvahs that has schar halicha. This is in his commentary on the Torah, Adaris Eliyahu, in Dvarim chapter 2. So the Torah says, as haderech yelchuba, the path that they should go in it. And the Gemara explains, zeb Bikor Cholim, that the travel refers to going to visit the sick. So the Vilna Gaon comments on that, The reason Yelchuba, that they should travel in the ways of the Torah, refers specifically to Bikor Cholim, visiting the sick, says the Vilna Gaon, is because most mitzvahs, the traveling is not the point of the mitzvah. The point of the mitzvah is to study the Torah, or to daven, or to give charity. The mitzvah is the act itself, and the traveling is just necessary necessary in order to get to the place to do it. But when it comes to the Bikor Cholim, visiting the ill, so the traveling, the going to visit is itself part of the mitzvah. So that's why the Gemara interprets Yel Chuba, that they should travel, refers to Bikor Cholim. So the Vilna Gon seems to actually go in the opposite direction of Rabbeinu Bechaye. He does agree that traveling to visit the ill is a mitzvah, but he seems to indicate that that's an exception to the rule. In general, the mitzvah is just doing the action itself. It does not include travel time, except for the mitzvah of Bikor Cholim, 
Cholim, where the travel is integral to the whole mitzvah. The point is to go visit the sick person, so that includes the travel time. So potentially there could already be a debate as to whether schar halicha applies to most mitzvahs. The two mitzvahs that we seem to know it applies to is traveling to daven in a shul, as well as traveling to visit the sick. But it's unclear whether it applies to other mitzvahs. Now the Chassam Sofer also seems to agree that it applies to all mitzvahs. In his Chuvas in Arachayim Simen Chavtes, so he's asked an interesting question. There was a shul that was doing renovations and basically the renovations were going to change the seating structure of the shul a little bit. Now in the olden days, it doesn't seem like a lot of shuls do this nowadays, but in the old shuls, everybody had their own seat which they had purchased, which belonged to them. So the question was, if the seating structure of the shul building is going to change, are they able to forcibly move people from their seats to a different one? So the Chassam Sofer says that he doesn't think they're able to do that, but what they are able to do is charge them more money if the value of their seat now went up. So they have to give them their original seat, but they are able to make them pay for the added value of it. So as part of this discussion, he asks a very interesting question. The Gemara in Bab Basra, Kufchav Bezim and Aleph says that when they split up Eretz Yisrael, the people that got worse land had to pay the people that got better land. So the Gemara is not sure what this means, and it explains that it's talking about Berechoka Ubekrova. Someone who got closer land had to pay money, the difference in value, to someone who got further land. So the Rashbam explains what does it mean closer or further. It means closer or further to Yerushalayim. So someone who got land closer to Yerushalayim got better land, and they would have to pay the difference in value to someone who got land further from Yerushalayim. And there's two reasons why land in Yerushalayim was more valuable than further land. One is because it's closer to the Beis HaMikdash, and the second is because it's further from Chutz Aretz, where the non-Jews who could potentially attack Eretz Yisrael are living. So the land further from Yerushalayim and closer to Chutz Aretz is more dangerous. So those are the two reasons why living closer to Yerushalayim was more desirable. Now, first the Chassam Sofer questions, what was the relevance of Yerushalayim when they first split the land of Eretz Yisrael? At that time, when they first entered Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalayim was a city like any other in Eretz Yisrael. It hadn't yet been chosen as the place for the Beis HaMikdash, and it would not be chosen for hundreds of years. So when they first came into Eretz Yisrael, how can you say that living close to Yerushalayim was better than living further away because of the Beis HaMikdash, when at that time there was no Beis HaMikdash, and Yerushalayim had not been chosen yet to be the place of the Beis HaMikdash, and in fact they were using the Mishkan, which was in the city of Shiloh. So the Chassam Sofer explains that we have to say that in fact the Rashbam is being anachronistic purposefully. When they first came into Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalayim was not a special city. So living closer to Yerushalayim was not better than living further away. The city that was significant was Shiloh. So at that time, the people that got land closer to Shiloh had to reimburse the people that were living further from Shiloh. Then hundreds of years later, when they chose Yerushalayim as the place of the Beis HaMikdash, so at that time, anyone who got land closer to Yerushalayim had to now reimburse people who were further from Yerushalayim because at that time, Yerushalayim became the significant city. So the Rashbam is describing what happened not when they first came into Eretz 
Eretz Yisrael, but hundreds of years later when they built the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. But the basic principle is the same, that wherever the Beis HaMikdash was, was better property. So people who got land closer to that had to reimburse the people who were living further away. But says the Chassam Sofer, according to the view of Rabbi Yochanan, that you get more reward for traveling further to a mitzvah. So why is it that living closer to the Beis HaMikdash is better than living further? Of course, living close to the Beis HaMikdash has its benefits because you live closer to the Beis HaMikdash, but living further also has its benefits because you get to travel further for the mitzvah of Aliyah L'Regel. When it's time to visit the Beis HaMikdash, you're able to travel more and get more reward for the mitzvah. So like everything in life, there's good and bad for either of these options. Living closer to Yerushalayim has the benefit of living closer to the Beis HaMikdash. Living further from Yerushalayim has the benefit of being able to do the mitzvah of Aliyah L'Regel with more travel time. So why should the people closer to Yerushalayim have to reimburse the people further away when they too benefit from being able to do the mitzvah of Aliyah L'Regel in a better way? So the Chassam Sofer explains that the reason the land closer to the Beis HaMikdash Mikdash is more valuable is not because you can do more mitzvahs, because as he just pointed out, there are benefits to either option in terms of being able to do more mitzvahs. What's better about living closer to the Beis HaMikdash is that it's more prestigious. It's more honor to live in the area around the Beis HaMikdash than further away from it. So it has nothing to do with being able to do more mitzvahs, but it has to do with having a better quality of land because it's honored by the presence of the Beis HaMikdash. Now, the Chassam Sofer returns to this issue in a few other places, in Yoredeya, Simen Reish Lamed Gimel, and Simen Reish Lamed Dalid, as well as in Chelek Vav, Simen Lamed Zayin, he poses the same question on the Rashbam, but even more strongly, and he asks that since when they came into Eretz Yisrael, they did not know that Yerushalayim was going to be the chosen city, so the land near Yerushalayim should not have been more valuable because it's the place of the Beis HaMikdash, and the second reason of the Rashbam is that the land is more valuable because it's further from Chutzla Aretz. So the Chasim Sofer asks that the Torah says, Lo yachmod ishes that no one will take your land if the Jews are following the Torah. So neither of those seems to be a reason to treat the land around Yerushalayim as more valuable. So says the Chasim Sofer, in fact, the land that's further from Yerushalayim is more valuable because of the Schar Halicha. You get more reward for traveling to the Beis HaMikdash for Aliyah L'Regel. So in those places, the Chasim Sofer poses the same question even more strongly, and he doesn't even attempt to answer it. So we did see, though, that in one of the places, he does attempt an answer. Either way, from the Chasim Sofer, it seems clear that this concept of Schar Halicha, that there's more reward for traveling a further distance does apply to the mitzvah of Aliyah L'Regel, of going up to the Beis HaMikdash for the three regalim. On the other hand, the Maharal seems to clearly limit this whole idea only to traveling to Shul, not to other mitzvahs. In his Sefer Nesivas Olam in Nesiv HaAvodah, Perak Hay, so the Maharal writes that if someone has an option to go to a closer sukkah or to a further sukkah, it does not seem that there is benefit to traveling to the further sukkah because this concept of Schar Halicha only applies to traveling to a Shul. And the way the Maharal explains this distinction is Ki Hashem Yisbarach Matzoy 
the presence of Hashem is found in a shul. Like the Gemara says that a shul is a mikdash ma'at, it's like a mini beis mikdash. So the presence of Hashem is present in a shul. So by going to a shul, a person now connects with Hashem. So the act of going and being in a shul is to connect with the presence of Hashem. Now the Maharal says that someone who travels to something is more connected. The act of traveling to something connects you with that thing more than someone who's already standing next to that object. So traveling towards something is part of becoming closer to it. So that's why specifically when it comes to traveling to shul, the travel time itself is part of the mitzvah because the point of being in a shul is to come closer to Hashem. And the traveling towards it, the coming physically closer to it, enhances the whole experience and it makes it even more powerful. So a person becomes even closer to Hashem more than someone who just walks across the street or is already standing next to the shul. For that person who did not have to travel, the experience is less powerful and less effective to them coming closer to Hashem. So that's why this concept of schar halicha refers to traveling to shul because it's integral to making it more effective and helping the person come even closer to Hashem when they're in the shul. But it's limited only to the mitzvah of going to shul. Other mitzvahs where the point of them is not to come closer to Hashem necessarily. Every mitzvah helps us be closer to Hashem, but that's not the essence of that mitzvah. So in that case, there would be no additional reward for traveling further. So that's the Maharal's criteria for when we apply this principle, that if the mitzvah is to be in a place that brings a person closer to Hashem, so then the traveling is part of that whole mitzvah. It makes it more effective. So there is schar halicha. But another type of mitzvah where it's not about bringing the person closer to being in the presence of Hashem, so there there would be no schar halicha. Now, Rabbi Yosef Engel in his Sefer Gilyone Hashas and Baba Basra Kufchaf Beis, so he quotes the Chasam Sofer and he quotes the Maharal and he suggests that maybe there's an argument between them. In other words, the Maharal limits the concept of Schar Halicha only to going to Shul, not to other mitzvahs, whereas the Chasam Sofer extends it to other mitzvahs, including Aliyah Laregel. So he suggests that they're arguing about this. But then he writes that it seems everyone would agree that traveling further for Aliyah Regel is a mitzvah, there's schar halicha, because unlike other mitzvahs where you can choose where to do the mitzvah, so you can choose which shul to go to, you can choose which poor person to give tzedakah to. So there you could say that there's no added benefit to traveling further rather than just doing the mitzvah in a closer way right next to wherever the person lives. But when it comes to aliyah l'regel, you don't choose where you're going to go to do the mitzvah. Everybody has to show up at the same exact location of the Beis HaMikdash. So in that case, it certainly seems that someone who lives further would get more reward for doing the mitzvah. Let's say someone lived five days away and another guy lived 10 days away. So the guy that had to travel 10 days should certainly get more reward because he had to go to more effort in order to do this mitzvah. So it seems hard to argue with the Chasim Sofer's idea that for Aliyah Laregel, there's more reward for people who live further away. But again, Rabbi Yosef Engel does suggest 
suggest the possibility that the Maharal and the Chasim Sofer are disagreeing over this point of when we apply Schar Halicha to which mitzvahs. Now, Rabbi Uriel Benner, in an article which is republished in his Sefer Benner Mitzvah Torah Or, so he points out that Rav Hutner in the Pachat Yitzchak on Rosh Hashanah, Maimer Hay, so he seems to disagree with Rabbi Yosef Engel, and he thinks that the Chasim Sofer would fit in very nicely with the Maharal's criteria. Because the Maharal is saying that we only apply Schar Halicha to mitzvahs which involve coming closer to Hashem. And Rav Hutner quotes that the Ritva in Sukkah says that Aliyah Laregel, the act of traveling, is itself a mitzvah. And he explains because going to the Beis HaMikdash is the exact same point that the Maharal is making why we go to Shul. The very essence of the mitzvah is in order to come closer to Hashem. So certainly traveling to the Beis HaMikdash is going to be a part of that mitzvah. So the way Rav Hutner presents this, it seems clear that the Chasam Sofer fits in perfectly with the Maharal, that the mitzvah of going to Shul and the mitzvah of going to the Beis HaMikdash are the exact same thing. The purpose is to come closer to Hashem. So the travel itself is part of that whole process. And in fact, when the Maharal mentions this whole idea, he does seem to stress that just physically being in a shul brings a person closer to Hashem based on the fact that a shul is considered like a mini Beis HaMikdash. When Rabbi Yosef Engel and Rav Hutner quote this idea, they actually shift it a little bit and they focus on the act of davening, that davening brings someone closer to Hashem. But the Maharal himself seems to be emphasizing that the shul is a mini Beis HaMikdash and that brings someone closer to Hashem. So it's very hard, according to the Maharal's formulation, to see how he could possibly disagree with the Chasam Sofer that there is a mitzvah in traveling to do Aliyah Leregel. So it seems like Rav Hutner is saying that both the Maharal and the Chasam Sofer are focusing on the same point, that traveling to the Beis HaMikdash or to the Shul is a part of making the whole process successful and bringing the person closer to Hashem. So there would certainly be Schar Halicha in those cases. But it's unclear if Schar Halicha would apply to other mitzvahs like buying kosher meat or giving tzedakah, which are not focused on bringing someone closer to Hashem. Now, interestingly, the Maharal himself in another sefer, Derech HaChayim on Pirkei Avos, in Perek Hey Mishnah Yudalid, so he seems to have a different perspective or at least a different formulation of all this. The Mishnah there refers to someone who goes to a yeshiva, but they don't study. So Holech Ve'eno Ose, they travel to the yeshiva, but they did not end up studying Torah. Schar Halicha Yado. They do get the reward for traveling. So this Mishnah extends Schar Halicha also to the mitzvah of studying Torah, that traveling to a yeshiva, even if they don't end up learning something, but they attempted, so they do get the reward for having traveled. So the Maharal asks, why should the mitzvah of studying Torah be different than any other mitzvah? Meaning if someone travels to go do a mitzvah and they don't end up doing the mitzvah, it seems clear that they don't get reward for the travel. And even more, the Maharal Maharal is implying that even if they do end up doing the mitzvah, but they don't get schar halicha, they don't get reward for having traveled to do the mitzvah. So why should the mitzvah of studying Torah be different? So this is the Maharal's overall view. He does not
not believe that there is schar halicha for every mitzvah, only for a few select mitzvahs, which so far we've mentioned traveling to Shul, possibly aliyah l'regel, and now the Mishnah also adds traveling to yeshiva to study Torah. So the Maharal explains that the difference is because other mitzvahs potentially could be accomplished in one's home. Meaning, let's say they need a lulav, it's possible that a lulav will arrive in their home and they don't need to travel in order to get it. But when it comes to Torah study, so the essence of the Torah is that it's supposed to be orally passed down. A person is supposed to have to travel to their Rebbe in order to study Torah. So Torah cannot be done wherever you find yourself in your house. One has to go and study Torah as a symbol that the Torah is not available unless it's passed down from a Rebbe to his student. So one must travel in order to study Torah. So that's why the travel is integral to the whole mitzvah. The mitzvah of studying Torah cannot be done by just sitting wherever one is. They must travel in order to go study. Similarly, says the Maharal, the same is true when it comes to Shul. One cannot daven properly when they don't have a minion, and a minion gathers in the Shul. So in the same way, one cannot do the mitzvah of davening properly in their house. They must travel to the Shul. That's integral to performing this mitzvah. So that's why there's schar halicha for traveling to Shul. Now, obviously, you could ask, what happens if someone's father is their Rebbe? So they find him at home. Or let's say the Rebbe travels to their house instead. Or let's say there's a minion that meets in their house. So there are possibilities where someone could accomplish these mitzvahs fully in their own house without traveling. But the Maharal seems to maybe be focusing on the symbolism of going to Shul and going to Yeshiva to show the importance of studying from a Rebbe and davening with the minion. So that's maybe what he's focusing on in this approach. Then the Maharal suggests another idea that the study of Torah is intellectual. It involves the mind, but it does not involve the body. So by walking to the yeshiva, that involves the body in this mitzvah. So now the mitzvah becomes not only intellectual, but physical as well, because it involved traveling. So now this form of studying Torah is both physical and intellectual, which is different than other mitzvahs, like buying kosher food or giving tzedakah, which involve the body to begin with. So there's no need to travel for those mitzvahs in order to include the body in the performance of this mitzvah, because they're physical to begin with. As opposed to the mitzvah of studying Torah, the only way to include the body physically in the mitzvah is to travel. So that's why the travel time is also part of the mitzvah. So in Derech HaChaim, the Maharal is focusing on the traveling to go study Torah. That also is part of the mitzvah. And the Maharal seems to give a different formulation that any mitzvah which cannot be fully done at home, by necessity it requires traveling in order to fully perform it. So those types of mitzvahs include schar halicha. But any mitzvah which could be done fully at home, even if the person ends up having to travel, but since the travel is not built into the mitzvah, so there is no schar halicha. So those are two places where the Maharal discusses this issue, and even though there's some differences in the formulation, but in both of them he's consistent that he does not believe that schar halicha applies to doing any mitzvah, it only applies to certain select mitzvahs that have a specific reason to include it. Now, there's a very big problem with this whole concept that one should go to a further shul rather than a closer shul because we have a principle in halacha ein ma'avirin al ha-mitzvah. So you're not allowed to pass over, skip over a mitzvah. So that seems to blatantly contradict this whole concept because someone is passing by a shul in order to go to another shul. So they're skipping over the first shul to go to the second shul. 
So how do we square these two halachas that one should go to a further shul versus the concept that you're not allowed to pass over one mitzvah? So there's a lot of discussion in the commentators about this issue, and it's quoted by the Piskei Chuvis in Simon Tzadi, footnote 207. He quotes a bunch of sources about this, and he quotes some technical answers. So for example, the Pa'as HaSada explains that the whole halacha of going to a further shul only applies when the two shoals are in opposite directions. So you're not passing by any shoals in order to get to the further shoal. But if on the way to the further shoal there would be a different shoal, so then you would have to stop into the closer shoal. Also, he quotes that the Divrei Malkiel and the Maharshag, so they both suggest that the whole halacha of going to a further shoal only applies when it's also a larger shoal. There's more people there. So then we have the principle of Berov Am Hadras Melech, that with more people, there's more honor of Hashem. So in that case, it's better to pass over the smaller shoal and go to the larger shoal. But if the two shoals are equal size, or if the larger shoal is closer, so then we would not say that it's better to go to the further shoal. And in that case, we wouldn't care about the schar halicha. So these are some limitations on the Magen Avram's view that it's better to go to the further shoal based on this concern that one should not pass over mitzvahs. Now it is worth noting that the Mishnah Brura and Simon so he does quote the Magen Avram's view that it's better to go to a further shul because of schar halicha, and he doesn't limit it in any of these ways. So he seems to disagree with these limitations, and he just records the plain meaning of the Magen Avram's view that it's better to go to a further shul because of schar halicha. But Rabbi Benner points out a very interesting thing, which is that in the Gilyone Hashas, when Rabbi Yosef Engel quotes the approach of the Maharal, so he says explicitly that he doesn't have the Maharal in front of him. He's quoting it from memory. And he actually changes what the Maharal is saying in some subtle ways. One of the things he changes is that he quotes the Maharal as answering the question of why we don't say Ein Ma'avir and Al HaMitzvah, that you can't pass by a mitzvah in order to go to a further shul. And the answer, the way Rabbi Yosef Engel quotes it, is based on this idea of the Maharal, that since the whole point of the mitzvah of going to Shul is to come closer to Hashem, and the more one travels, the closer they will come to Hashem, so therefore we don't apply the principle of Ein Ma'avirin. So it's very interesting that in Rabbi Yosef Engel's misquote, he's actually pointing out something very important, which is that according to the Maharal's approach to this whole concept, it also answers the question of the commentators, why are we not concerned about Ein Ma'avir and Al HaMitzvos? And the reason is because we're only concerned about passing over a mitzvah if the traveling itself is not part of the mitzvah. You're going to do a mitzvah and the travel is just a way to get there. So then one should not skip over one mitzvah to do a different mitzvah. But in the case where the travel itself is a part of the mitzvah, so then of course it's okay to keep traveling because as long as someone is traveling, they're involved in doing the mitzvah. So there's no rule that they have to stop and do the mitzvah at an earlier location when they could continue doing this mitzvah at a further location. So the Maharal's approach very nicely explains why there is no problem of Ein Ma'avirin in traveling to the further shul. In addition, Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt in the Rivbos Ephraim, so he suggests that maybe based on the Maharal, one should not fulfill this concept by traveling in a car because the whole point is to make the traveling a significant experience which happens when one one walks 
But when they sit in the car and drive over, so that might not be the same form of experience of coming closer to Hashem. So maybe schar halicha only applies to walking, not to traveling in a car. But then he backtracks from this idea and he says that even according to the Maharal, the minimal traveling in the car is also a form of coming closer to Hashem. So it seems likely that it would apply even in a car. The Piskei Tshuvis does quote that the Ben Ishchai in a tshuva writes that traveling in a car is not schar halicha, only walking. But as we mentioned earlier, Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt quotes from Reb Surya de Blitzky that traveling in a car is also included in schar halicha. And according to Rabbi Ephraim Greenblatt, that still fits in with the Maharal's approach to this concept. Now, one final issue that we'll discuss is that Rabbi Tzalel Stern, who was the Rav in Melbourne, Australia, in his Chuvis B'Tzela Chachma Chelek Dalit Simen Yotes, so he wonders why people don't follow this rule. We don't see people traveling to much further shoals. People generally just daven in a shoal that's right near them. So why don't we follow this halacha? So he quotes a very important discussion from Rabbi Malkiel Tannenbaum, who was the Rav of Lomja, in his Chuvis Divrei Malkiel, Chelek Hei Simen Yotes, and he concludes that that the whole halacha of the Magen Avram of going to a further shul only applies when someone already began davening in that shul and then later they built a closer shul to his house. Or alternatively, he moved, so now he lives closer to another shul, but he was already set, he's already used to davening in the further shul, so then he should continue davening in the further shul and he'll get schar halicha. But in a case where someone moves into a new house and they can choose where to daven and they have a closer shul and a further shul, so then in fact they should not go to the further shul because of some of the problems that we discussed, that they're passing over a mitzvah. And there's other issues, including which is a larger shul where there's more people. So basically it's not so clear cut that every time a person moves somewhere, they should immediately find the furthest shul that they can walk to. There's other factors that go into it. So the Divrei Malkiel is pointing out something very important, that whenever we deal with the halachas of which shul to daven in, which includes factors like where there's more people or which is a further shul or where there's more Torah learning. So all of those factors have to be taken in together and at the end of the day, a person has to find a shul that they're comfortable in, that they enjoy going to. They can't just take any one of these factors and apply it indiscriminately. It has to be a large picture view of where they're going to have a good experience. So the B'Tzel HaChachma builds on this and the way the Piskei Chuvis summarizes it, there are four leniencies why people don't necessarily have to go to the furthest shul. One is if they enjoy, they like the community and the atmosphere at the shul that's closer to them. So a person has to enjoy the shul they're going to. That's important. So that might override at times traveling to a further shul. Second, if there's more people or if there's more Torah learning, so there's more sanctity in the shul that's closer to them. So that can also override traveling to a further shul. Third, sometimes a person's able to study more Torah or they're worried about the loss of time and income if they travel to a further shul, or sometimes they're sickly, it might be difficult to walk to a further shul, so for all of those reasons, one can go to a closer shul. And finally, he quotes from Rav Ovadi Yosef that if the travel itself is going to be uncomfortable, so then a person can just daven in the closer shul. And similarly, he quotes from the Eishel Avram that this halacha does not apply on Shabbos and Yantif because we don't want people to have to exert themselves to walk further, we'd rather they enjoy Shabbos and Yantif and walk less. So basically, there's a lot of different factors that have to be factored in in deciding which shul to go to. And in many cases, it's going to make more sense to daven in a closer shul, which is easier and a better experience, even if one misses out on the schar halicha.